Welcome to the Small Business Surgeon Podcast, the show where we dissect the businesses of top producers, examine their growth strategies, and share with you the bare bones of their success. I am your host, Samuel Smith, and I'm glad you're here. Let's operate. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to this week's episode of the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. And guys, we have got a treat for you today. As far as guests go, this gentleman is a best-selling author. He has written eight books. He's a top-ranked business consultant, and he is the host of the Thought Leader Revolution Podcast. Please welcome to the show, Nikki Baloo. Nikki, welcome. Samuel, man, thanks for having me, brother. It's an honor to be here. Dude, I appreciate it, man. And uh, thank you for coming on. You're, you're a guest I've been kind of eyeing up for a little while now. Um, for those of the listeners that don't know, though, give us real quick a, a thousand foot overview of who you are and what it is you do. Absolutely. So I'm originally a, uh, a Syrian Christian from the Middle East, from Iran. And uh, back around the time of the Islamic Revolution, Samuel, my late father, God rest his soul. He was a far-seeing man. He could see several moves ahead. And he saw, this is not going to be a good place for me to raise my family. Mm. And he brought us here to Canada and to the free West. And I've been very grateful for that. You know, people here in the West, they're always complaining, going, oh, my God, first word problems, right? Oh, this is so <laughs> terrible here. This is such an oppressive place. There's so many racist, sexist, homophobes here. And I'm like, huh. Where I come from, they hang homosexual people from cranes till they're dead. That's before they torture them, right? Uh, and if they're virgins, they make sure they get raped because virgins go to heaven, just so you understand. When I was 11 years old, a Molotov cocktail was thrown through my living room window with a note on it that said, die Christian scum. If not for the grace of God Almighty, that Molotov cocktail would have exploded and you and I would not be having a conversation here today, Samuel. You know, and so every day I say this is the greatest, freest, most tolerant place in the history of the world. And I think people should be grateful that they get to live here. And I am all about extending that freedom. I am concerned that we have a world right now where there's a lot of people that are trying to, under the guise of not offending people, get away from free speech and things like that. But I'm a champion for free speech. I'm a champion for free expression. I'm a champion for free enterprise because it's the free enterprise system that allows the men and women with the courage to put their ideas out there to become successful, to take those dreams and turn it into a reality, to serve the people that they're meant to serve, to uplift their own families and to make the world a better place. It's not government that makes our world better. It's the courage of our entrepreneurs. And so what I've done, you know, is I've been all about serving entrepreneurs. Now, my late father, when I was a kid, would come to me and say, son, did you know we fed 51 families this week? Ours and his 50 employees. He was a very proud man. He lifted himself up by the bootstraps. And right. I wanted to be like dad because dad helped people. Dad, dad gave people cars. Dad gave people houses and apartments. Mm -hmm. Like, think about that. Like, he bought it for them. He set them up in business. So, yeah, naturally, I thought, business people are the greatest people in the world because this is the sort of thing that they do. So what I do is I'm all about helping the good man, the good woman, who's a great business person, but maybe, maybe they're a little bit afraid of coming across as a little too pushy or salesy. Mm -hmm. Maybe they don't want to come across as they have commission breath. I help them see <laughs> that they're serving, not selling. I know it's a good one. It's not original, but it's a good one. 
uh, they're serving, not selling. I'm going to help them reframe selling into serving because everyone loves to be served. No one wants to be sold. So oh, I yeah. teach people yeah. how to do that. And I teach people how, my friend, to, to stand out as the go-to authority, as the go-to thought leader in their space. You know, and by doing that, Samuel, I help them, first of all, first and foremost, grow their income. Because every good person listening to this show deserves to have an extra 100000 200000 half a million, a million dollars in their pocket this year. So that's number one. But I help them believe in themselves so that they matter, that there's somebody that the good Lord put here on this earth to fulfill a purpose, a mighty purpose. And I'm all about helping these folks figure out in their own heart what that is, get past the fear and do it anyways. That in a nutshell is Nikki Ballou. Oh, wow. That's a that's a very, very large nutshell you've got there, mate. We've got a lot to unpack. Um, you know, one of the fun things about having this podcast is, is getting to pick and choose the direction of the interviews. And having heard that backstory, um, before we jump into the business stuff, what was it like for you as a child making the move from the oppression that you lived under in Iran to, to come into as you called it, the free world. What, what was that like through the eyes of a child, that experience? Well, I got to tell you, I was not as aware that we weren't free there as my, my father and mother and, and the adults were. Mm -hmm. I was just sad that I wasn't going to be around my friends anymore. So it took me a long time to be able to actually see that, wow, my dad had just done an incredible thing. For a while, I was upset with him. <laughs> you know, but <laughs> yeah. as, I, as I grew up, as I grew older, I just came to see, like Mark Twain used to say, you know, from the time I was 17 to the time I was 27, and it's incredible how much smarter my father got. That was kind of what it was like for me. Yeah, I'm pretty sure my dad was an idiot when I was a teenager. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Dad. I, I God, he's a genius now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. With apologies to my father. Yeah, I know. I know he listens. Uh, he listens occasionally. So. Um, was was there a big culture shock for you, like moving across? Oh, huge. Yeah. Well, what huge what were some of the biggest shock. differences coming out here? Well, look, I grew up in, in Iran. Now, we went to an American school. We spoke English. So we had that going for us. But the, um, the, the way of being of the people was very different. Like Iranians are very polite, at least back then. They used to be very polite very uh open i mean you could be a stranger and there'd be iranians who would would help you bring you into their home and give you the shirt off their back that we call that pazirai which means hosting it's it's unbelievable if you meet a certain kind of iranian what they're prepared to do for you it'll blow you away when i told you my father bought people homes mm -hmm. cars and apartments that's not an exaggeration that's actually what he did he right, bought right. people homes cars and apartment you you think about that samuel do you know anyone here in the west that does that have you heard of anybody here in the West that does that? No, I'm asking you seriously. Do you know billionaires? Have you even heard stories of billionaires who go out saying, you know, I'm going to go buy homes, cars, and apartments for the people that work for me? I, I've not heard this story about anybody, but my father and many, many, many more men like him in Iran. That's what they were like. It's there was a, a very pair of rare brothers breed. from Shiraz. Yeah. Dude, there was a pair of brothers from Shiraz who owned the business. They bought all of their employees' homes. All bought from company profits, right? Cars. If you worked with them, you were there for life. They were very careful about who they brought in, but yeah. homes, cars, huh? <laughs> like, what? 
And the people that worked there, brother, they would die for these people. Like the men who knew my dad, the women who knew my dad in that age, they would die for Napoleon Ballou. That's what that was his name, Napoleon. Cool name. Mm-hmm. Right. So he, you know, he he there were people that would come to me years, like he passed a couple of years ago. There's people that called me and said, Your father is why I am who I am today. And I've heard this so many times. And they said to me, you've never met me. I don't know you, mm-hmm. but you're Napoleon Ballou's son. I'll take a bullet for you. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, Damn. Yeah. But that, that comes with what you touched on earlier, though, in that it, it's not our job to sell people stuff. It's our job to serve people. And that goes for your clients as well as your, your, your employees. I mean, my job with my employees is, is not only to help them live a life, but it's to, it's to fulfill their lifestyle. It's to help them fulfill their dreams. It's to help them achieve their dreams and for me to develop them as people. And um, so I do know a few uh, entrepreneurs in the same vein as your dad. Um, I'm not going to drop names, but I do know that uh, their joy and their fulfillment comes from serving and serving others. And that's where that's where my life and my world really changed when I when I moved into how can I help instead of how can I profit? You know, (laughs) so talk to me about. Talk to me about current day then and about working with entrepreneurs. I, I do want to touch on your books as well as stuff, but you, you mentioned uh, a couple of things that caught my ear when you were talking about working with entrepreneurs and helping them to develop an extra 10 or 50 or $100,000 a year. I This show is based around helping entrepreneurs that may be struggling. So what are some of the, the common traits you see in entrepreneurs that you're working with and what are some of the things you do to help them help them fix that can we dig into that a little bit sure well there's a lot of people i mean i've been one of these people Mm. that have a version of imposter syndrome if only (laughs) people knew the real me they never want to talk to me know me do business with me why would anybody why would anybody follow my coaching my my guidance Mm -hmm. and these are some of the most brilliant uh incredibly gifted people on the planet and they also many of them are really good people and they're afraid uh of coming across as rapacious they don't want to come across as a pushy salesperson mm-hmm. they don't want to come across as a uh, a sales oriented person who's just you know doesn't care about somebody they want to have commission breath i'm used to taught me that phrase yeah, a, yeah. a lot of them have they're, that they're problem. They're afraid, right? I, I don't. Uh, yeah, they I was, do, right? Dude, I was speaking to a, I was speaking to a friend of mine this morning, um, and he is just blown up all over LinkedIn. He uses LinkedIn specifically to generate business, but he won't use Facebook or Instagram because he's worried about what the family members and the people that he's been friends with for 15 years over there on that platform. He's worried about what they'll say. He's got the imposter syndrome. How do you? How do you find that trigger in an entrepreneur's head and help them move past that? I'm glad you asked that question. <laughs> uh, That's my job. <laughs> I'll, yeah. So look, I don't want to be seen as a bad guy. I don't want to be seen as, uh, you know, someone who only cares about the, the sale right. myself. And a while ago, a long time ago, I did a personal development program called uh, the landmark forum. I don't know if you've heard of the landmark forum, uh, but it I'll is, write it down. The landmark well, forum. Yeah. The landmark forum. 
So the Landmark Forum came from another program called the Forum, which was developed by a man named Werner Erhardt, who created EST, or Erhardt Seminars Training. And um, this has been uh, a, a series of programs on personal development, on getting to the, to the heart of who you are as a human being mm -hmm. that have been around since the early 70s. And literally millions of people have done these programs. So Landmark is the world's largest personal development company. They do about $200 million a year in sales oh, around wow. the world. And um, they have had forever a uh, called an introduction forum leaders program or introduction leaders program. And I took that course and they taught me how to take a stand for somebody without coming across as uh, it was about me and ask, ask for the sale, but ask for the sale in service of getting them an outcome. So mm -hmm. I would not go. You shared with me, you know, before this show started uh, that you were married and you're not married anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's also been my experience. I run a men's organization in addition to uh, my, my business work. It's called the sovereign man. And I have a podcast for that as well. Right. And, um, when my wife and I broke up, um, I got involved in this men's organization. And Samuel, I um, I put 60 men through a program that were going through relationship hell. Mm -hmm. 60. I didn't get paid a penny for it. Um, and there was a lot of men locally. Uh, we started off in the Toronto area with eight men that, were, that had done this program. And we wanted to grow because it had been a big organization before it it had you know fallen by the wayside we were down to like eight men i brought 60 in the next man brought in eight we grew it to 200 men right and why was i effective a lot of people go oh, that blue because we call each other by our last names right that blue he's such a pushy guy and i'm like i'm not pushy i just sit in front of a man and when that man's in pain i'm not going to pretend he's not in pain i'm going to tell him hey man i i see your pain I have a way out of your pain. The way is called doing this program called uh, the Sterling Weekend. Landmark taught me this. Do you want to do it? Mm -hmm. I just wasn't afraid of asking them, do you want to do it? Right. And the question wasn't, do you want to do the program? Because, you know, it wasn't my program. I wasn't getting paid for it. Right. Right. The question was, do you want to get out of your hell? Mm -hmm. Do you want to no longer feel like you're lower than whale dung? Because you as a man were unable to keep your family together and your kids don't live in your home anymore. They're shuttling from house to house. Right. Do you want to not feel like a piece of crap for that anymore? That was my real question. And of course, the way to solve that was doing this program. Right. And the answer is so, always yes. What, yeah, of course it is. <laughs> yeah. So when I speak, like, let's say I was speaking to you and you were speaking to me and let's say, and I'm making this up. Okay, Samuel, obviously, but let's say you told me that you've been making a half a million dollars a year for the last five years and Damn it, you wanted to make a million in profit because, you know, you, you'd never done it. And, you know, I talk to you and I go, OK, Samuel, tell me what's getting in the way. Why have you been stuck at a half a million? Half a million is a good number. Why aren't you happy with it? First of all, yeah, you right. tell me. And then, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and why have you been stuck? And maybe you'd say, look, I've just been doing business with the same people. I'm not getting any new people. And I go, why? Well, you know, I'm comfortable. I don't want to come across as pushy. I don't want to come out salesy. And I'll just go, wow, what's that like for you? Just being stuck. Go well, my best friend's doing five million a year, and man, I, I I can't. It's driving me crazy, like that. I'm not able to keep up with him. I'm yeah. not jealous of him, but it hurts me because he's my best friend, and I, I don't feel we're like in the same 
role anymore. And I want to show my kids it's possible to succeed and grow. Like you tell me all this stuff. And I go, okay, so let me just get this straight, Samuel. Your best friend's making 5 million. He used to make less than you. You know, you, you want to be an example for your kids. And like, it's, it's tearing you up inside. You ready to do something about that? Uh, right. And you're going to go, yeah, I'm, I'm like, and I'm going to ask you for real. Are you ready to do, are you ready once and for all to solve this? Or do you want to stay in this? If your answer is yes, I go, Samuel, I have the solution for you. It's the Nikki Billu success program. Within a year, you're going to be at a million. Within three years, you'll be at five. This is how we work. Blah, 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 blah. Would you like to solve this problem? Not would you like to sign up for my fucking program? Because excuse my language, <laughs> nobody cares about my damn program, right? Yeah. Would you like to solve this problem? that you've been having, or do you want to keep staying in this problem? Okay, I will solve it for you. I'm telling you 1000% conviction. The way is to do this. Would you like to take this step so we can solve this problem? That's how I have a conversation about buying and selling. I don't talk about my program. I don't tell you how great it is. My program is phenomenal. My program is incredible. It results for dozens and dozens and dozens of people. I'll tell you a story in a minute of somebody. It'll make you cry, the story. That's how beautiful it is of a woman that came into the program like broke had to borrow the freaking money to pay for it right and, we've all we've and, all been there we've all done well, that, we, right? yeah right exactly but the truth is that if your listener is listening to this and they're going man i that customer should have signed up with me but they signed up with joe blow and joe blow isn't going to deliver for them and I've, I've seen this happen have you not I've, I've seen people not sign up with me and sign up with a really big name i'm not going to mention names okay because i don't want to <laughs> man and that big name took 20 30 50 hundred thousand dollars of their money and delivered squat mm -hmm. delivered zero they felt good because they got a picture with this really famous person and this famous person told them how amazing they were but their results didn't freaking change right and like i talked to them three years later i said look man did you enjoy the course oh yeah it was awesome where are you at in your business and they don't want to tell you and i'm like listen i don't want to make you feel bad about yourself but you're gonna feel bad because you remember that girl who signed up with me instead of signing up with your pal that you signed up with? Oh, she's making 10 times what you're making now. <laughs> you, you know, and again, not to make the guy feel bad, but also to show him like it's not too late, you know, go do something that actually works rather than going to work with somebody. Like these celebrity masterminds blow me away. You get to hang out with some famous people, pay $30,000 to be somewhere for two days. Man, that was awesome. What did it do for your business? How much more money are you making? Did you make some contacts that help you hire people better? No. Why'd you go? Because you wanted a picture with a famous person that makes you feel good about yourself. So this is one of the things I tell people. First of all, be committed to solving the problems you have. Stop languishing in your freaking problems. That cannot be allowed to continue because if you are okay with languishing in your problems, you're, you're not going to be able to, you're going to be okay with letting your customers language in their problems so right. if you do it for yourself you'll do it for them number one and number two stop stop and this is one of my pet peeves buying from these freaking charlatan marketers charlatan is the emphasis not marketer i love who that don't word care if you make a many i know right it's great who don't care if you make any money who who are sizzle sellers par excellence they know how to push every single button you have to make you buy but they don't deliver crap man buy steak don't buy sizzle that's it. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So what do you find you, you say it's, you say most entrepreneurs, it, it's a mindset problem. It's an imposter syndrome problem. Um, 
Do you have a, a one size fits all solution in your training program for these guys coming in? How, how do you, how do you get them off? I'm not good enough. How do you get them off? I'm not good enough. It's not a one size fits all. It can't be a one size fits all to fix that. But the basic principles are the same. You, you know what I'm trying to say, Samuel? Mm -hmm. yeah. So, um, again, I'm, you know, let's just say it was you and me speaking, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. And just for shits and giggles, we're going to say, you know, you, you felt bad because, you know, you got divorced. A lot of men feel bad when they get divorced and they, mm -hmm. they never get past that in their head. And like, I would have a conversation or two with you and I go, Hey man, I get it. But you know, are you ready to stop beating yourself up about that? Are you ready to forgive, right? Like, and for somebody else, it may be that, um, you know, they've been lazy all their life compared to <laughs> what they think or know they should be doing. And they're going, I'm just lazy. I'm just lazy. And I don't, I don't, you know, that's their story about themselves. And, I'll sit down and go, is that really true? Are you really lazy? Let's objectively look at what you do in a day or what you do in a week or what you do in a month. And right. Almost always, they're not lazy. That's been one of my stories. I'm lazy. I'm lazy. <laughs> I think there's there's a... Uh, I put out uh, three episodes a week in a podcast. I wrote three books last year. I helped a dozen people add a million dollars to their business, but I'm lazy. That, that, <laughs> I get it, man. I mean, I think there's a fat stoner kid in all of us that, that just wants to sit and eat Doritos and, and watch TV, <laughs> play video games. Um, but I, I never let you that guy out. It. You know, it's it's having it's having the discipline to do that shit day in, day out, day in, day out. And uh, I, I would love to be lazy, but lazy doesn't get me where I want to go. You know, it don't. Lazy <laughs> don't pay the bills, bro. <laughs> no, that, that that's very true. So I wanted to. Uh, I wanted to switch gears um, and, and ask here, um, what do you see? Because I, I know there's a whole lot of different people in the same space that you're at, and you use the word charlatans. Um, what do you see as one of the biggest challenges to the coaching industry moving forward over the next few years? Well, there's a lot of people in the space that go, there is a way to do this, and it's my way. And if you're not doing this well, you're missing out, obviously. Um, now, some of them are even right that there is a better way to do it. But mm -hmm. I'll tell you, for me, there are many different tactics and strategies you can use to actually get clients, right? Like right. one of them is, you know, um, clients on demand who, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of uh, my mentor works there. Those guys believe in, uh, you know, building a webinar and running ads on Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok, right? right? It's worked really well for them and a lot of their clients, but it is a tactic. It is not the only tactic that works. Mm -hmm. um, going on podcasts, uh, you know, Podmatch has been great for me, right? Like mm -hmm. I've had people listen to the podcast, reach out to me. I've had some of the hosts and I, I've become clients of some of the hosts They become my clients. You get to know the person, you know, there's a little bit of trust established, you know, it's, right, right. it's, it's a good thing. R writing a book. Th this is my, uh, my latest book. You know, I wrote with one of my clients. And that's, that's called really, really how cool. to create a million dollar a year income. It's, uh, yeah. we're going to put a link to, uh, to your link tree and to all of your, uh, published books in the show notes. Guys, I highly encourage you to go check these, uh, these books out. 
So yeah, how to create a million dollar a year income. I want to, I want to get to the books in a little bit. Um, can I, can I tell you a little bit about how this helps coaches though, having uh, a good book with, like, Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm working on, yeah, yeah. cause that I'm was working the point I to make you about this. Yeah. So, um, Perry is a client of mine and he is a thought leader in selling, right? The man mm. has been making a million dollars a year for the last six or seven years. That's a pretty impressive accomplishment. If you ask me, right? Making a million bucks a year profit right. in your pocket. No yeah. So I've been coaching him and, um, you know, he said, Hey man, I want to write a book, but I can't write. And I go, well, you're in luck. I, I, I can <laughs> write. And, uh, yeah. I like writing and let's write this book together. So we made a deal, you know, he's my client and we put the book out, but my name's on that book. His name is the first name on the book, but my name's on that book and my name's on a bunch of other books. So if you go on Amazon and you look up Mickey blue, you're going to see my two podcasts. You're going to see the books I've written. If you've never heard of me, you don't know me. You're going to look at, you're going to go, oh, how to make a million dollar year income. Oh, the power of connecting, how, like relationships. Oh, finish line thinking, how to think. Like, and, I mean, you're going to be hit by that. You're going to go, this dude wrote eight bucks. Like, right. you can't be too stupid, right? Like, he's not that dumb. You know what I'm saying? He's got two podcasts. Okay. Like, let me check him out. Let me find out more about him. The credibility factor goes up. You know what I'm saying? Having, oh, yeah. yeah being no on podcasts, having a podcast and writing books. Those are also tactics in addition to like webinars. And by the way, I'm a fan of webinars. I'm, you know, the, the pro that creating a webinar is one thing that's high on my list. I'm, I'm going to do it because I believe it's going to help me in a, in a big way. But then there's also warm market referrals and things like that. So I think a lot of the people who help coaches, consultants, and other entrepreneurs like me, who are in the business of being that trusted advisor, that consigliere, mm -hmm. they just they're so focused on selling the sizzle, they're not as focused on making sure the steak gets delivered. And I bought a lot of those programs. And I think that's been my pet peeve. I don't want to have somebody come to me and go, hey, uh, you know, yeah, this is going to work. I buy the program and then nothing happens. Like, yeah. if nothing happens, that's terrible. Like, I would feel horrible if someone did my program and got no results. Horrible. Like, if someone is not even participating. You know what? I call them. I go, hey, listen, I haven't seen you out in a while. Let's get to work. I want you to get the results. You paid good money to be a part of this, right? And that's how I am. And I want to bring that way of being. So what's special about Nikki Blue? Yeah, I got a cool program. I show you how to stand out, be a thought leader. I show you how to sell, serve, not sell. But really, I'm a good person. I give a shit. And if you, if you work with me, you got someone in your corner who's not going to let you fall down on your ass. And has got a pretty decent track record of having helped a bunch of people. Now, do I have a way? Do I have like that? No, but <laughs> I, I'm, I'm smart enough and intuitive enough that once I get to know the person I'm working with, I go, this person's probably best suited to do this tactic and this tactic and not that tactic and the other tactic. Right. So I'll tell them that I'll say, I'll say to you, like, let me tell you a story. Yeah, please. There was a on. woman who came into our program Back in January 2018, she was, and again, I'm not going to name names, but she was the Canadian director for one of the largest, not landmark, but one of the largest personal development organizations in the world that have been around since the 60s. Uh -huh. Millions of people have done its work in lots of people in Canada. And anyways, long story short is she sold half her stake to another fellow who did a program who was a big name, but had a bad reputation. And she thought, oh my God, he's changed. He's done the program. Well, he hadn't changed and he kicked her out, right? So <laughs> that's always that's the way. Huh? Yeah, yeah. So 
she came to me and she says, okay, I got to work. Let's start. And I thought, okay, let's start by having you do some one-on-one coaching because you know, a lot of people and the fastest way to get business is speak to people one-on-one. And right. like, she's such a nice person. She was undercharging. I made her triple her prices and she almost bit my head off, but she tripled her prices. And in her first month, she made 10,000, which is lovely. But in her second month, she made 12,000. In her third month, she made 18,000. She was so coachable. She used to come to me and she says, whatever, Nikki, you say I do. Nikki, say I do. That was her little little mantra. And I was just like, <laughs> I'm like, okay. And I'm comfortable. You know, good Persian boy. We're like, we're like taught to be humble a little bit. And so she... She, in her fourth month, though, brother, she made $62,200. That point is salient. I, I remember that number. I'll always remember it. Right. And um, she lived in Ottawa. I live in Toronto. Ottawa mm-hmm. is about a five, six hour drive from Toronto. My son had a soccer tourney in Ottawa. He was 12 at the time. And um, I, I, I saw a lot of soccer. I saw a lot of soccer on your Facebook <laughs> when I was scouting that out. I have a, yeah, yeah, I have my, a ball my, tattooed on my arm. <laughs> Nice, buddy. Nice. We'll talk about that in a minute. I love that. Let's go. So my boy played last night. Their team won 6-2. They've had a 10-game unbeaten streak. Cumulative score, 60-5 to five in 10 see, games. You guys, you guys can't see the smiles on our faces right now, but as soon as we talk about soccer, <laughs> the whole interview lights up. It um, is it, brother. It is it. Let's stop this. Let's stop football. So, so hold, hold on just a second. Me, I, I, I got to stop you on, on the story you're on. You said month four, she did 62000 yeah. some hundred dollars. 200. Was that, and and again, I, I'm I'm not trying to get up in her business. I'm just trying to get a uh, get a perspective shift for the the guys listening. Um, you said she tripled her prices. So was that six clients at ten thousand a client somewhere in there, or was it more like thirty clients at five hundred bucks a client? Well, I kept making her raise her fees, and by her fourth month, I was having her do group coaching. So it was mm-hmm. a little more nuanced and complicated than that. She was charging a hundred bucks an hour. I said, no, you're oh, charging wow. 300 an hour. Yeah, I yeah, said, yeah. no, man, that's crazy. You're charging 300 an hour. Mm-hmm. And she was, she wanted to bite my head off. Oh my God, these are good people. They can't afford it. They can't afford it. Don't worry about it. You solve a problem. They can yeah. afford it. You think later on, a, she. Think what an attorney costs. Yeah. Think, you know, think what oh. it costs to have somebody specialized in a particular area of business to come in and, exactly. and, and talk, you know, you, you're not. Yeah, yeah. One thing I struggle with. With, with some of my clients is shifting them from you're, you're not getting paid for your hours time. You're getting paid for the year's experience. Exactly. 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 Anyway, sorry, so back with your um, story. You get paid for the value of the solution you provide, not mm-hmm. for your time. No one cares about your time. They care about, can you solve a problem? So she, she made $62,200. I, I went to Ottawa with my son he was in a tournament. He was 12. We, I called her. I said, Hey, we're in Ottawa. You want to bring your son? Who's my son's age. You want to grab a quick bite on our way out of the city? We'll spend an hour with you, then we'll leave. So she said, yeah, we did that. And we came home to Toronto. And then we, a few days later, or a couple of weeks later, we had one of our um, quarterly branded thought leader immersion workshops. She was a member of our community and she was there. And um, when I do our, our, our big program uh, enrollment, I don't really do the enrolling. I have my clients do the enrolling. So I call, I said, does anyone have anything they want to say about their experience? And she, she says, I do. She jumped on stage. She just bounded on stage. I'm like, okay. She started to cry. And I was like, oh crap, what did I do? <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> imposter syndrome. What did I do? She's crying. Right. And then she's like, she says, in between sobs, she goes, Nikki, you didn't know this, but when you and your little son came to see me, my little son. Uh, my little son asked me, mommy, who are we meeting? And, and I told him, oh, we're meeting Nikki Baloo. And his son, and she said, oh, well, mommy, are we going to get to meet the man who saved our family? What? And I just looked at her. She said, you didn't know this, 
but we were about to lose everything when I signed up for your program. Our house mortgage was in default. I didn't know if I was going to be able to, to keep my family together. We had no money. We were going to be out in the street. You literally saved our family. I started to cry. I am a ultra alpha, hyper-masculine Persian man. I am not a soy boy beta man. Yeah, we I don't cry, man. test those folks. Mm -hmm. No, man. I don't fucking cry. And I bawled <laughs> like a little girl on that stage. We hugged. Now, our enrollment into our full year program, it's a big price, right? It's not mm -hmm. a small price. If I just told people on the air, they said, no, it's too much. We had eight people in the room, eight prospects, yeah? Eight, eight wonderful human beings. They all bought. They all bought. Yeah. They didn't. I did not persuade anybody. I did not sit down and work some magic. There was a fellow who before said, I know you're going to have an upsell, and I want you to know I'm not going to buy. So you just better know, and I'm not going to buy. He was the first son of a bitch to buy. Well, yeah, because everybody, the that, everybody that comes and finds you and tells you that, they're, they're, trying, to, they're trying to establish in their own minds that they're not going to buy. <laughs> no, bro, he was the first guy to buy, mm -hmm. and he crushed it in the program. And he told me, I bought from you because you're not a dishonest piece of crap. Like, right. That's how he spoke. He says, you're not a dishonest piece of crap. We just wanted my money. Well, said, yeah, there is a girl. He said, that girl, that girl is your, it's like, I'm going to cry. He said, that girl is your best salesperson. Mm -hmm. He said, you should record that and play that <laughs> forever. <laughs> well, <laughs> you like, know, yeah, yeah, I should have, but I didn't know. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, just, it was one of those things, man. It was one of those things. And every day I wake up and I go, who's my next girl like this girl? Who's my next man? Who needs help? Who is hurting? Who right now needs a warrior in, in, in their corner? And that, that's, that's my pitch, man. Um, you know, I was right now we're living in a time. We're living in a time where people need people that care about them more than ever. You know, they, they need somebody who wants them to win more than ever, man. And that's what I'm all about. You see, one of the questions on my list was, you know, why are you passionate about what you do? But I think you just uh, you preemptively answered that question with that uh, with, with that story. That's it, it's an amazing story. What's it like for you getting to watch the transition in your clients from coming in as as like you know scared little ducklings and then leaving the nest and and going out into the world? What's that like for you as a mentor? like a proud papa man <laughs> <You> <laughs> like uh there's a woman who's in our community right now she is a um she's old well, she's a she's a doctor she's a, a naturopathic doctor she joined our community going through a hard time her father had been ill he ended up passing away just a month before my dad passed away and she wanted to do her dad proud it was very important to her you know um especially you know his memory and his legacy and she she was you know she was successful she like but she was working in someone else's clinic she didn't have her own space she's doing you know, six figures mm -hmm. you know comfortably six figures um she's doing 10 times what she used to do now and she was just named the team doctor of the vanuatu olympic women's beach volleyball team that's uh not a lot of naturopaths get to be a team doctor right um she she used to just see patients now she provides programs for people she'll she'd work with anybody with a pulse in a wallet i got her to raise her fees and she did 
she tripled them and I, she, with the program, you know, she's making more money because it's based on getting someone a result. And so she has two, two target markets she works with, right? She works with kind of uh, women, uh, successful executive women over 40 who are, they don't feel beautiful anymore. They don't feel sexy. They feel like it's silver for them. They're never going to recapture that. And her message is we're going to get you sexy back. <laughs> let me tell you, it's working. It's working. <laughs> it's working. They're getting in there. They're, they're responding. And then she works with a lot of CEOs who work their tails off, but their health is kind of crap. Right. And she, she pitches high performance health. A lot so, of people you know, struggle with that. She sells them a high ticket program to deal with that. And, and you taught her, you taught her how to do that. Huh? Do. So I have to ask, you know, was Listen, there a... man, I'm nobody. Like I just say this, God, <clears throat> God taught her how to do that. I'm just like a little conduit. You're the conduit. Put some ideas yeah. in my head, and I just I'm just loud. <laughs> no, I love it. Man, but I'm nobody special, man. God is somebody special, you know. God I is all the glory to God. Praise God. Praise Jesus. That's what I'm all about, dude. Things changed for me when I started tithing. Yeah, there's something to that. There's definitely something to that. Uh, I'm in I'm in full agreement. So I got to ask though, like you you now you coach. Uh, coaches and you coach entrepreneurs through through stuff was there ever a point in your life where you were an entrepreneur yourself and and how if so how did that go but if, if not how did you go from having a, a regular career into this particular career field what was that transition like I consider what I do a business because it's not just me and my, my vision for it is to grow it to a certain size and spend oh, yeah. it. so I consider yeah, absolutely myself an entrepreneur entrepreneur now and i do have my own coaches and mentors uh mark von muser mentors and coaches me he is uh someone who is incredible if you look at him up he 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 works with russ Rafino of clients on demand mark is somebody who doesn't seek the limelight at all mm -hmm. um but i tell you he is the single greatest heart-based enrollment mentor on the planet nobody better nobody wow. even nearly as good he is shit diggity i'm his one and only one-on-one -on -one coaching client. we're like brothers he he works with groups he just he, he doesn't like working one-on-one -on -one. just you know he loves me and he's helping me but uh, he doesn't like it he likes working in groups but this dude could sell ice cubes to eskimos you put him on the phone he can do a 10 million dollar sale in one call that's how good he is um, you know, and he's, he's my mentor. I got a relationship mentor. I got someone who coaches me on keeping uploading my stack as a leader in business mm -hmm. because, you know, I'm Persian emotional, all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wonder I if it's different health and well-being coaches. I wonder if it's serendipity that's thrown us together because I'm literally just, um, stepped out from my real estate career. I'm, I'm in the process of selling my real estate company and transitioning no way. to be in the small business surgeon full time. Yeah. Um, so right now we're, we're niched down into, into media consulting. We're helping companies engineer their own realities. And cause you know, everybody, everybody has cell phones now. So whatever you see on the cell phone is, is real. Um, and your job as a business owner is to ensure that when a client shows up in life, that you match the uh, exact thing that you've broadcast about yourself on the internet. And so uh, <clears throat> it may just have been uh, uh, serendipity that pod, pod matched through us together. I know we've got quite a few mutual friends, um, but I think the timing of our conversation is uh, is, is quite, uh, uh, I don't know, I, I need to find the uh, need to find the word for that. Um, <clears throat> 
how long ago was serendipitous it? Is a, is, a, is, a, is a good word. Yeah, but I used that one twice. Say this. <laughs> I used that one yeah, twice. Yeah, in, I was looking for a in third February one. Tw- in February 2020, um, uh, a man approached me. You'd heard me on someone else's podcast. And he mm-hmm. was a real estate dude who had a million-dollar-a-year team who burned himself out. I just got tired of clients, man. I got tired of real estate. Yeah, you know? yeah. I was good at it. You've got to talk to Colt. Yeah, he's he's unreal at it, bro. Colt is unreal at it, but he got mm-hmm. tired of it too. And so he was burnt out. You know, he just uh, was about to get married. He's now married and he had his, his first kid. But Colt was you. You were Colt. You sound like him. You should talk to him. He's he's a he's a great he's a, he's out of Ottawa too. This is Ottawa, me in Ottawa. I don't know what the heck it is with me in Ottawa. <laughs> But, it's probably uh, the soccer tournaments it's, they keep uh, attracting you over there. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> but yeah, like Colt came to me and goes, yo, man, I'm, I'm a real estate dude and I'm, I'm tired of it. I want to coach. <laughs> so does he coach real estate or what does he do? Um, he's coached some real estate people, but right now um, he's especially focusing on working with Christian business owners. Uh, oh, nice. There are, um, there are a lot of them that want to grow their business but they also want to hold on to their values and they, they're not necessarily, you know, interested in being told that they need to get rid of their values, you know? So if you know, you need a coach uh, and you're a Christian and you, you want to stay true to your values, considering someone like Colt is a fantastic idea. Right? Like the, dude, the way I learned so is the, the way I learned is you, you establish your core values first and then you propagate the core values through your business. And then those core values attract other people like you, both in the sales side, the client side, and in the employee side. So do not, if you're a Christian and you practice that shit, like wrap your business up in it, run it through the middle of the business, make it the core. Exactly. Like, don't, don't change your shit. Find your you know how many people are scared of that today? You know how many people are scared of that today, especially with the culture the way it is? Yeah, I mean, yeah. You call yeah. yourself a Christian right now. You're opening yourself to being like ripped to pieces by certain quarters, right? Yeah, ripped to like, pieces, literally. So it takes it takes courage to to get out of that space, uh, you know. And a guy like Colt, so Colt's worked with a lot of like real estate teams because that was his thing. He built successful real estate teams, right? Mm-hmm. And he had a successful real estate team, so he's worked with a lot of people. He's coached them on how to run it more effectively and whatnot, and he's good at it. He's the, he's the team dude. Right? He's really good at it. Right. But like I said, Colt, man, like what's your real purpose? He said it's to help spread the word of God. So I said, you should work with more Christian business owners. He resisted it at first. He was like, oh, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, I pray. He prayed on it. He said, yeah, you're right. I didn't want you to be <laughs> right. You told me, but you're right. <laughs> I didn't want you to be that one. Yeah. We, we, we're, gen- we're generally right the first time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like someone like you, were you did you have like a real estate brokerage is that is that what you, what you no I had, I, had, I had a team i never wanted to go be a broker um it was just too much extra responsibility um so i, I had how many a, people were on your team at the most eight but not well, that's a decent sized team dude it was such a headache it was like yeah, it was like herding was, cats right? but i didn't know that i had eight personalities to to juggle plus mine and and you know man I've learned so much about building teams from failing at trying to build a real estate team. The first time I tried to build a, a team was, uh, was in 2018. And it, it taught me so much about management and about uh, hiring people and about core values and about ethics and everything together. You can't <clears throat> be all things to all people. 
I used to think my ideal client was anyone that wanted to buy and sell a house. I used to think that the ideal person to bring on my team was anybody with a pulse that wanted to sell real estate, you know, and then you look and 90% of real estate agents are out of the business within the first 18 months. So really, if I, if I had hired 10 people, nine of them would have failed no matter how hard I tried. And uh, that was very difficult to swallow. 100%. Um, but yeah, I learned a lot. Um, learned a lot. <laughs> have, you, have you sold your team now? Not yet. Not yet. I'm, I'm working on it. Uh, but I, I've stopped being active in real estate. My time now is focused a thousand percent on my media business. Um, where we, we make videos for, for people and then my consulting business where we go in and we help them set up their own internal media teams. So that's that's what I'm focused on 100%. And that's now. a good business. Who, who, who's your ideal client right now, uh, Sammy? Right now I'm working mainly with transportation companies because we like shooting stuff that moves. They have generalized big, well, I do. Who doesn't like big rigs? And you do that thing with the elbow, the trucker saloon, they hug the horn, man. Who doesn't like that? And they're all chrome Dude, listen, I'm from Canada. We just took the trucker convoy rebellion, brother. Um, I tell you what, I get it. Canadian American trucking. They're a client of ours. We've done some uh, CAT, CAT. We've done some stuff for them. But no, um, uh, the, the biggest problem in the transportation industry is driver churn. Uh, recruiting, getting the drivers to show up, get them to buy into your team. And, and trucking companies spend a lot of money trying to recruit drivers. And so we, we found this little niche to where we consult with them. I'm ideally, you know, they've got um, upwards of $5 million a year in revenue. Um, but there's somebody that understands. What's your averaging size of engagement? Well, it depends. If we're making videos, um, we're, we're generally looking at mm, minimum 25,000 now. I mean, we're in that room. We're not in the, we're not in the $150,000 video space where we're doing Super Bowl commercials, but we're in a 25 to $35,000 range just to get the, just to get us on set and to show up and start working with them. Um, our biggest annual engagement contract is 350,000. Um, but that's that's going in house. That's providing um, a lot of stuff up front, video up front, and then it's training their team. And you know, so that's that's a little bit bigger bigger mission. But just to show up and make a video now, we're in we're in that twenty five to thirty five thousand dollars space, and the companies pay it because look, anybody with a camera can make a video, but in order to get the results you want and to get engagement and to get the video to actually do stuff. This is where, this is why I'm working as a consultant is because I would hand you a video and then you wouldn't know what to do with it. And you'd post it out on your Facebook page and get four views. I'm like, no, 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 no. There's distribution channels. There's methods to doing this. There's all kinds of things you've got to put in place. And well, they didn't know that. And so I wasn't solving a problem. And then I, I backed up and said, what is the problem and how do we solve it more effectively? And in reality, everybody tries to outsource media. They all try to outsource the content creation. They just try and give it to somebody else. And then what they do is they white label it and they toss it off to the Philippines or over to India and a bunch of lads over there just slap stuff together, throw it back. And the end product doesn't do its job because there's no authenticity there. Like, and people can no, see straight. Shite. Yeah, people can see straight through it. And so the hybrid I came up with was having us go on site, 
we filmed the same thing we would have filmed anyway. We produced the same content we would have produced, but at the same time, we're training your team and we're training your in-house guys on the methods we use for on camera, the methods we use for interviewing, how to attract the right people onto your show and onto your video and how to use the right employees in the right spaces and build that company brand. And then we're training them on the back end in like, this is a basic how a camera works. This is basic editing. And then we give them a 12 month program uh, that takes them through how to create the content, how to build the audiences, um, like shit, just, <laughs> it's, it's been a, it's been a long time coming. You know, and it's something I'm very proud so that we've got how, together. How big is your business right now? It sounds incredible, bro. How big is your business right now? It's it's very small. It, it's something I've literally just taken my foot off of a very safe and secure first base in real estate. And I'm sprinting to second base as fast as I can. Um, we'll probably do 600 in revenue this year. So so listen, I love. Okay, that's good. That's 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 good. I mean, for starting out, that's good. Mm -hmm. um, and what's your vision? How big do you want to be? Oh man, I'd only like to be at about two million a year. I've got some other plans I want to do. I'm I'm not trying to build twenty people into a company. I I can see me maybe hiring two, maybe three more support staff, and and that's pretty. I I I've got other plans. Um, I want to build a nonprofit. I want to build a bar on a beach, become a professional musician again. I got way other plans. Like I, I got my, my biggest goal is, is to build a nonprofit that is uh, tailored towards helping uh, kids that are trapped in the foster system, helping to give them education, housing and practical skills, and then turning it into a self-sustaining um, nonprofit that, that can you know, actually generate money and support itself and grow itself. And then once we've proven the model, I can, I can rubber stamp it and run it out in different cities all around the, uh, all around the world. And so, yeah, I'd love to build a, a, a big consulting business, but my vision for consulting is, is really no more than eight or 10 premium clients, all of them paying me in that 250 to $400,000 a year range for, for services. That's, that's really my, my goal. That's what I'm trying to get to. Okay. I got it. Um, <laughs> inside of the world of thought leadership, right? It's a good, yeah. it's good. Listen, inside the world of thought leadership, like the, mm -hmm. you know, the consulting coaching space, the, I, I learned from a guy named Matt Church out of Australia. He, he created something called thought leaders business school. And we kind of use some of his thinking and methodology and what we teach to people here. Matt's been doing this for over 20 years. He's had over 1500 people go through his programs. We've had a few couple hundred people go through ours. And just, if you add all that up, over half, he's gotten to between a half a million and two million a year. Mm -hmm. Of the remaining half, he's helped uh, he and us. They've gotten to between uh, two fifty and five hundred, and the rest have done at least six figures. Mm -hmm. And the the thinking behind it is there's a distinction between a practice and a business, mm -hmm. right? Like a business is about you leveraging the other people. Margins are lower, but you can grow, grow and scale and sell for a lot of like figures, right? Mm -hmm. Practice is really you. You are the key expert. There's some support staff and so yeah. forth, but you're the brand, you're the key expert. And the, the margins are way higher, but selling you, like you can't sell you off to somebody and go, okay, buy me. You can sell yeah. off some of your licensable stuff. Mm -hmm. That's possible. And that's something he talks about. Um, this is something that I think for someone like you could really be done. You could probably have a couple million a year and in profit doing what you do and yeah if you'd like to chat i've got our event starting tomorrow so the next three days i'm kind of on stage chock-a-block but 
if you want to talk next week, I'd love to talk to you. I think what you're doing is pretty cool. And I like you. You're a good shit. You like football. You know, <laughs> see, no see now, now, your favorite team. now you're being, uh, now you're with the real stuff. You What's guys, you guys are listening to me being closed on a podcast. I'm being closed into a program. I don't know if you can see that there. That is, uh, that's Liverpool right there, tattooed all the way down my left Oh, arm. you're Liverpool lover. So, so yeah. let me ask you something. Okay. I've been a Liverpool uh, fan it. since it was painful. Are you, all right? are you a Mo Salah fan? Oh, absolutely. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you yeah, a Mo yeah. Salah fan? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, he's, he's pretty freaking incredible. He's amazing for a one season. He's got to tough it up a little bit though, man. They're pushing him around. Yeah, they have, uh, he's, he's got to toughen up a little bit, man. They push him around a little too much, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite current striker, I'm a Bayern fan primarily, and I, they just broke my heart. They got rid of Robert Lewandowski. He's my favorite current striker. Mm-hmm. And that guy's tough as nails, man. You can't mess with Lewandowski. You try to hit him, you'll, you'll bounce off of that guy. And uh, my son, 16, he plays center back, right? And he's a beast. He's, he's 16 going on, you know, 30. He right. is 170 pounds, ripped, stacked. He played a game last night, right? And the other team, they had one of their strikers just like came at him full tilt to like push him off the ball. And he just, he ran into my son and my son just went like this. He looked at him and he pushed him off, grabbed the ball, deep there, put the ball in. Just, he just looked at him and he, and he laughed. And you, you know, it's just, it's fun to watch my boy play. You know what oh, I mean? It's just, no it's doubt. Really, really cool. Dude, it was the it was the great uh, the great equalizer for me when I first came to America. Um, I never struggled to make friends because I just go to the park and find a group of boys with a with a ball and kick it about, and that's that's how I met people. You know, back before I had back before I had my own car or anything. And uh, dude, I played city league on and off for twenty years, um, and and you wow. know. You, you get you get older and you get fatter and you drink a bit too much and uh, the soccer kind of goes away and uh, I am right in the middle of uh, a, a, a serious uh, reckoning with myself. Um, I'm in the best shape of my life right now and that's I, I don't intend to uh, to stop. And the reason, one of the biggest reasons I'm doing it is so I can go play soccer again and uh, it's it's my turn to uh, it's my turn to step up and coach. And, uh, and be a volunteer and start coaching the kids. Um, and I, I I will enjoy that. I think I'd like to give back and uh, and coach and let maybe referee because nobody wants to be a referee. And um, oh I, I think everyone's going to hate you, man. Yeah, I think that, <laughs> I, yeah, but can you imagine a, a British referee in a Texan soccer league? <laughs> oh, yeah, I could totally imagine it. <laughs> yes, I think the accent will come out. All right, Mickey, man. Oh, totally, man. <laughs> I've loved this, brother. I got, I got, I got to, I got to wrap this interview up. But before I do, I got one, uh, one question for you. I ask all my guests. Okay, so this show is based at entrepreneurs that are maybe five or ten years behind where you and I are in their growth curve. Um, it came out from me talking to entrepreneurs about failure and entrepreneurs not understanding that everybody had failed and yet the chamber of commerce and the realtors association i would never never touch failure so i want to ask if there was one thing that you would turn around to to yourself or somebody like you maybe five maybe ten years ago in business and one piece of advice that, that stands out to you what would you tell them that's a really great question my answer would would have an a B and a C part to it. So okay. uh, number one thing I tell the, the younger part of myself is get into podcasting and social media and master them earlier. 
Mm, I'm by yeah. no means a master of social media. I'm, I'm good at podcasting, but I, I look at Patrick Bet David of Valuetainment, what that's done yeah. for his brand and his mm-hmm. business. I'm Patrick Bet David. I'm Iranian. He's Iranian. He's a Syrian Christian. I'm a Syrian Christian. He's pretty smart. He's curious. Me too. And I just thought, wow, this dude grew a $250 million a year business out of this. And he's curious about all kinds of subjects. So am I. I like to talk about all kinds of things. I like to talk about books. I'm a knife collector. I like to talk about knives. I like to talk about football. I like to talk about parenting. I like to talk about history. These are the kinds of things that I think that I would, I would say, do it now, do it yesterday, mm-hmm. right? The second thing that I would say is learn how to create uh, an online funnel, you know, learn how to create <laughs> yeah. an online funnel that'll bring you business, whether you are making calls or not. Like I've been a grinder. I've been a, uh, you know, a hustler and a roller, um, but that's tiring when you've got an online funnel working for you, the business comes to you. And I really, I want to master that because right now I'm a moron at it. And um, <laughs> finally, brother, read freaking books. People All today day. have stopped reading books. That's ridiculous, man. Mm-hmm. I read 159 books last year. I'm up to 58 so far this year. I got a book that just came out. I got at least one more coming out this year, possibly two. You got to read, man. That's how you get smart. You go find the smartest people in the world and you find out what they're doing. You know, that's how winning is done. Winning is not done by being on social media and doing crap like that, man. Read, 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 read. So I'll tell you some books I've read this year. Patrick Bet David's Your Next Five Moves. That's a great book, yeah. Jocko Willink. Jocko freaking Willink, man. Extreme Ownership. Another Uh, great one. A Brit who passed away. Stuart Wilde. He's called The Trick to Money is Having Some. You've never heard of this book, but your next five moves. There you go. So you got that book there. You got it. So Samuel, buy The Trick to Money is Having Some by Stuart Wilde. I'm writing that down right now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Trick to Money is Having Some. That's a spectacular book. You got to read. You should read Ayn Rand's Atlas Shrugged and The Fountainhead. They're novels. But there are philosophical treatises on why entrepreneurship matters, why freedom matters, why free enterprise matters. And they're just fun reads, too. Right. And there's a great movie with uh, Gary Cooper made in the 50s uh, called The Fountainhead. I highly recommend reading that, watching that. And there's a three part movie um, of Atlas Shrugged made. But because Hollywood got taken over by communists, it didn't get mainstream reception. But it's still pretty <laughs> good. I, I recommend it. You, yeah. You, yeah. You, you do that, too, man. And, uh, you know. The other book that I tell you, every man should read. Every man should read The Way of the Superior Man by David Data. Every man should read Hard Times Create Strong Men by Stefan Arnia. These are books that are just going to make you stronger. Now, if you're a business owner, my friend Brian Scudamore, the founder of 1-800-GOT-JUNK, this is his latest book. Samuel, it's called Be Your Own Boss, Build Your Own Business. Mm -hmm. This is a great book, man. This guy is super smart. He built a $3 billion brands in the franchising space, like uh, junk removal, painting, and um, Shack Shine is, uh, you know, kind of uh, detailing your house for walk about $3 billion brands. You want to learn from folks like this. I think it's good. I wrote a book uh, on health and wellness with an Olympic gold medalist, Mark McCoy, called Mark McCoy's Gold Medal Fitness Secrets, Raw and Real. Great book if you want to get into shape, right? Mark is 60 years old. From the neck down, he looks like he's a 22-year-old gold medalist, right? And right. Those are the sorts of things that I think are important. And, you know, if you um, if you want to be better, if you want to be 
uh, catching up, you should do all three of these things yesterday. Those are the changes I made. I mean, like four years ago, like, you know, um, reading more books, like I've probably got, I don't know, on the shelf ahead of me, probably 60 books. And then there's probably another 25 or 30 just between my house, my backpack, my car and my office. You know, I'm, uh, I, I, you, I, I, I awesome. well, I read, uh, I read limitless by Jim quick about how the brain works. And so yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he's very adamant about 20 to 25 minute stretches while you're, while you're reading, don't go any more than about that. Otherwise you stop taking the information in. So what I like to do is I I'll always have two or three books on the go at once. And I read them a chapter or two chapters at a time and I bounce between them. So I've got one in the evenings that I read. I've got one in the mornings I read. I've got one in the, in the car that I read when I'm waiting on my kids, you know, it's always, always something. So, uh, yeah, I'm a huge fan of that. And, uh, man, it's been an absolute freaking pleasure getting to spend the last hour, uh, hanging out with you, Nikki. Um, final question, my friend, for those people that are curious and that want to know a little bit more about who it is, what you do and, uh, about your podcast, tell everybody where they can find you online. So look, I'm on all the social media. Just look up Nikki Baloo, except for Twitter. I'm on uh, all the other ones. I'm on mm -hmm. LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, uh, oh God, what are the other ones? Facebook, you name it. Um, <laughs> good place to find me. Just say, hey, you heard me on a podcast. I'll, I'll say, I'll, I'll, I'll say yes to your friend request or whatever it is. Right on. Um, if you're a business owner right now and you're wanting to have a conversation uh, about your business. Um, I offer a complimentary, what I call a success visioning call. It's a 45 minute call where I'm gonna ask you some questions and you get to pick my brain about how to take your business to another level. The only thing I ask is, I only wanna to talk to you if you're serious. You know what I mean? If you're a dabbler, if you're one of these dabblers, one of these hobbyists, don't, don't do it. It's mm -hmm. a waste of your time and it's a waste of mine. But if you're serious and you want real help, yeah. Get on that call. Let me know you came from the, uh, you know, small surgeon, uh, small business surgeon podcast, and let's let's make it happen. Yeah, just a small surgeon, small business surgeon. Yeah, there you yeah, go. It's, it's so all that, good, that, those are the kinds of things that I think are good. Are good, but honestly, here's what I want to say: If you're listening to this show and you bring you know good caliber guests, like you know you brought me on the show and you we had a great conversation. If you have a conversation like this, I want to tell all your listeners the first thing they should do is go share this episode and some of your other episodes with five of your buddies that could benefit from this. If they own businesses and, you know, they, um, they want a real authentic conversation, like Samuel's a real deal, man. He's not full of crap. He's not just trying to bring you on here to monetize the show or whatever the heck it is that, that people are trying to do with their shows these days that they come across as fake. This is real. Yeah, I appreciate that. You're lucky. Thank you. And yeah, I don't monetize the show. Uh, I don't advertise the show. I don't run ads for it. Everything I do is on word of mouth. Um, I'm very much uh, of the opinion, just like Andy Frisella is with his uh, with his top rated podcast in that I provide yeah. value for you guys and you provide value for, for us. You share the show and you can find us uh, at Small Business Surgeon, Facebook, Instagram, all over the place. Um, but but it's that's, that helps the show grow because I don't want to turn on content for my commute or for, for, for my uh, knowledge, my learning, my education and get you know, bombarded with ads for stupid shit. I just, yep. I want to listen. I want to learn. I want to grow. And that's why I do the podcast and it, it, it pays off in other ways, man. It really does. Nikki, thank you so much for coming on guys. If you have enjoyed this, if you've enjoyed this conversation, 
do me a favor, run over to the show notes, follow Nikki Ballou on all of his socials and, uh, and share this show. Nikki, it's been an absolute pleasure, sir. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me on, brother. All right, guys. That's it from me. That's it from us. You'll be good. Stay safe. And I will catch you later on in the week with another episode. All right. Peace out. This has been the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. If you've made it this far, you clearly like it. So go on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. This helps people find the show and spread the good word. Share with friends and follow us at Small Business Surgeon on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you for your follow-up next week. The Small Business Surgeon was recorded at Texas Media Foundry in historic downtown Bryan, Texas. Check them out at txfoundry.com or on social media at txfoundry. Thanks for tuning in.